Hello, my entrepreneurial friends. Profit First Nation is three years old, and we have some exciting updates associated with today's episode. We have amazing new detailed show notes for each and every episode. And we've even gone back into the archives of every prior episode. I mean, we're talking over 100 shows and updated those show notes too. So they are more readily searchable and give you the highlights and details in case you're listening in the car and unable to take notes. And now let's kick off today's episode. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now... Here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the podcast for the top 17% of entrepreneurs with cash in the bank to correlate to their profitability. Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leveraged Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three Ps, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced Profit First strategies, and we share the honest and authentic ups and downs of being a business owner. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Jake A. Carlson. He is an entrepreneur who has three businesses, including a podcast, a modern leadership podcast, which is awesome. And I recently guested on that, and that's how we met. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Jake A. Carlson. Hey, Danielle, it's so wonderful to be with you. What a great topic. What a great podcast. So happy to to join you and your nation today. So tell us, how did you hear about Profit First? You know, it was kind of like uh, the missionaries coming around and, and, and dropping the book at my door, if you will. Uh, a number of years ago, I was reading uh, Mike's other book, uh, The Pumpkin Plan, and I loved it. I fell in love with it. I wanted him on my podcast. So I called up his publisher. I said, hey, look, I got to get Mike on the show. I love Pumpkin Plan. I want to talk all things Pumpkin Plan. And the publisher said, yeah, that's uh, great. However, have you heard of Profit First? They're just coming out with a you know, revised edition. I said, nah, I hadn't heard of it, but I would love to you know, find out more about it. They sent me a copy. And from there, I own three copies. I own the Audible, which I love because he narrates it himself and goes off on tangents. I own the written copy, you know, the physical, got to fill it in my hands and put the highlights on it. And then I also had to have the Audible or the uh, the uh, Kindle version so I could read it, you know, on the airplane and so forth. So that's kind of the background of how I got it. Oh, very cool. Well, you know, you might want to add the fourth edition, the fourth version. And I don't know if I've talked about it to the audience, but there is actually a visual video version of the book (laughs) now available um, by Lit, L-I-T Books. And um, actually, you can usually that it's it's on special for like $4.99. It takes about a little over an hour 
to to get through the content and such. So it's it's ideal for people who are not big readers and such. So we will include that link in um, the visual recap for the show of of the video version of Profit First Now. So um, anyways, sorry about that. So you you had Mike as a guest on the podcast and what made it kind of click for you that you wanted to implement Profit First in your business? Yeah, I I really related to to it from the very beginning. I'm a spreadsheet nerd, you know, and I'm always tracking my finances. Every penny that comes in, every penny that goes out, I was always doing that. And so it really spoke a language that I already understood as something that I believed in. And this idea of having this cushion, this nest egg, if you will, that is there for rainy days, rainy day fund and so forth. You know, as, as we talk about this story and, and my connection with Profit First is funny, I'm reminded of that episode of the podcast that I recorded with Mike. And I was in Edinburgh, Scotland at the time. We had horrible Wi-Fi. And wouldn't you know, he was the biggest name I had ever had on my podcast up until that point. And I was so excited. I was so nervous. And wouldn't you know, we lost connection halfway during the episode. I totally dropped him. And he was just such a gracious person. Come back on, uh, catch where we had messed up and uh, re-record some of the things. And anyway, it just came out wonderful that I automatically had a, I like what this guy does. When you talk about the video coming out, Mike, you, Profit First, you guys are ahead of kind of the wave of what's going on. And so I see what you guys are doing. It's just exciting. And so Profit First, man, we jumped into it and we went all in. I mean, we're jumping in two feet forward because I just loved what he was talking about. Very cool. And so, um, I mean, I think you implemented this like around 2017. So, I mean, you're kind of hitting your fifth year stride, right? Yeah. And I tell you, when I started implementing it, you mentioned earlier in the intro that I own a couple of businesses, a, a media company that does some podcasting, a coaching company that does some coaching. But predominantly, I'm using Profit First with my traditional law firm. I have a law firm. I do estate planning. And and traditionally, you know, just like a lot of the listeners to this pod, your podcast, they've got uh, HR to deal with. They've got marketing to deal with. They got sales to deal with. They got balancing the books and all of that to deal with. And so I'm right in there in the trenches with with all of your listeners. When we implemented Profit First, we went exactly page by page with what is taught in the book. We went out and opened the Profit First accounts. We separate them in a way that uh, made it so it wasn't super easy to transfer money back and forth. We set up the two dates in the month where we're going to, all of our income goes into one fund and then by percentages, it, it spits out. And I'll tell you, it was, it was fun to jump in. We download some of Mike's stuff to get the percentages but we had to find our own rhythm with it. And I had to adjust the percentages to meet what my Mm -hmm. business needed at the time. And now, you know, fast forward, what my business needs today. Right. Yeah. Profit first is not a set it and forget it system. It is very dynamic. And, you know, as your real revenue grows, you know, I mean, that means that you have to really kind of like look at, you know, you've got a new set of target allocations than if you were at, uh, you know, a, a different real revenue sort of range before. Um, and obviously, all of these target allocation percentages that we're talking about are in the book, but we'll also include just as a refresher in case you need to 
you know, kind of maybe reassess your target allocation percentages, but we'll include that in the visual recap for this episode as well. So tell us about like, obviously you've customized this to your organization now. Have you added any additional accounts like from an advanced profit first level, or are you still operating off the basic five uh, primary foundational accounts? Yeah, no, great question. So I think that we've only got one additional account, uh, well, two additional accounts from what this traditional starting point for Profit First is. We added a monthly uh, account where there's a lot of things that as a lawyer I have to purchase, but on an annual basis. I'll give you an example, like my bar dues are due every January. And so we set up an account where every month we take one twelfth of our bar dues and put it into that account. There's other software programs where it's a discount if you purchase a year versus purchasing it on a month-to-month basis. So now that we've been involved in Profit First for a long time, we've been able to identify what's one-twelfth of that annual subscription and put that into a monthly, what I call monthly hold account. And then it just builds up to the point where every January we pay our bar dues or every uh, December we pay our malpractice insurance out of that. And it makes it so it, it flattens the, the spikes in our um, expenses. So that's one of them. And the other one has just been my favorite one. I got to tell you just a, a really neat story about how Profit First has really helped us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Apologize. How Profit First has really helped us. And that is uh, this future vault. That's what I call it, future vault. So in Profit First, you have your profit distribution on a monthly basis Uh, where we take a percentage and we take it and put it into the profit fund. And and in reading the book, Profit First, he tells the story about this construction company where every three months, every quarter, they take 50% of their profit and they distribute it to go home. And in the book, they talk about going on vacations and things like that. And they take 50% of that profit and put it in kind of a rainy day fund that they can use for additional marketing or purchasing a building or equipment or anything like that. So we set up this future vault fund that just allows income to go into that fund that's basically 50% of the profit fund every quarter. I hope you're following. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go for it. So some people um, just have that profit hold account and they and and they, and it just keeps going. But what you do and we do something very similar is we move that money at the end of the quarter. That fifty percent that's left, we don't leave it in the profit hold account. We move it into the vault account. And we do it similar. Maybe what you're saying is the same thing, but we distribute fifty percent of it home, like taking that home out of the business as a distribution, right. shareholder distribution. The other 50% goes into that future vault. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yep. That's how we do it. Awesome. That that makes sense. And that's a very common practice, you know, kind of an advanced profit first practice to just kind of move that money out of the profit hold account. Um, the book talks about just keeping it in growing in that profit hold account after you take that distribution. But, you know, again, some people just take it out and move it into certain places with specific intention about things. Tell us a little bit about how how the finances of your business have changed, hopefully for the better, over the last five years since implementing Profit First. Yeah, the the change in finances has been fantastic. I, I do a lot of coaching for law firms and helping law firms grow uh, their business. And I'll see law- lawyers that are doing 
you know, pretty good revenue. But at the end of the month, they're taking home just a couple of nickels because everything's going towards expenses. It's going towards, you know, these emergency things, you know, bar dues, malpractice, these things that surprise them. And at the end of the day, they're just taking home a couple of nickels and really struggling. What has happened with our usage of Profit First is we've been able to have these rest easy uh, moments where each of our accounts is built up with a three-month reserve. So owner's comp. I, I'm a W-2 employee of my company in addition to uh, the, the standard shareholder distribution. So I get a W-2. But I've got a fund set up that has all of that money for three months already sitting there. So even if I have a bad month, I know that I'm going to get paid. I know my employees are going to get paid. Uh, same thing with our OPEX account. Our OPEX account has a three-month reserve. Well, you may ask, well, has this ever come into an important play? Well, absolutely. Talk about COVID. You know, when COVID first hit back in 2020, we couldn't see any of our clients face-to-face. We could not open our doors and have anybody come in and sit in the office. Well, in the estate planning world, people want to bump knees. They want to shake hands. They want to know who's planning their plan. So we went two months with nothing. I mean, it just dried up. Mm -hmm. And because of these operating reserve, because of this owner's comp reserve, nothing changed in paying employees, nothing changed in paying invoices, nothing changed in taking money home and paying rent and feeding my kids and keeping my wife happy. Yeah, that's awesome. So it it is totally practical and important to prioritize creating cushion in your accounts. And you're exactly right. And you know, for some people, it's three months. For some p- other people, it's four, five, six months. You probably don't need more than six months in, in these categories and such. And three months is obviously like a great sweet spot to, to be at. And, you know, you just keep building that excess growth in those accounts. And I don't know about you, Jake, but like from a best practice perspective, we do recommend that any excess that's building in the OPEX account you get out of that OPEX account because, you know, the natural behavior is to look at that OPEX account and see, oh, we've got money to spend and such. Yeah. So it kind of lose, it could lose that intention of being that, that rest easy reserve fund. Um, if it's sitting in there for, you know, for some people, obviously not you, but yeah, that's a, you know, if, if you feel like you've been mastering profit first and you're just kicking it and you're hitting the target allocation percentages and you're generating some excess still at these target allocation percentages, then before you start giving yourself, you know, a raise or more profit and such, it's, it is wise to, to use these current percentages that you're using to help you build those, those rest easy reserve funds as Jake calls it in his organization. And then once you get to that balance that you want three months, four months, et cetera, in that rest easy cushion, then you can adjust your allocation percentages um, accordingly. But again, you know, it's not a set it and forget it system. It's a dynamic system, but you do set it for the quarter and you keep it locked in for the quarter. We're not adjusting our percentages, you know, from allocation day to allocation day. We're locking it in for the quarter and then we're making those adjustments at the beginning of each quarter. Yeah, and I got a, a funny one that just happened, you know, as we're recording this, taxes were due not too long ago. Right. And my tax account, you know, I've been just putting funds into the tax account and paying my quarterly estimates based out of the tax account. And at the end of the year, I go, 
and there's a there's a nice little size of money sitting in this tax account, even though I paid my quarterlies. When we go ahead and file our taxes, and we owed a little bit, but we had been pretty good about estimating all along the way. And I go, I had overestimated how much I needed to put into my tax account. Mm -hmm. So I was able to take a nice distribution from tax account into profit, split that 50-50 and take a shareholder distribution home. But we did not adjust our tax percentage. And the reason is, is because I want to make more this year. So we're going to still keep it at the same percentage that we've been doing. Uh, but you know, expecting that we're probably going to pay a little bit more in taxes this year. Therefore, there probably isn't going to be as much uh, left over at the end of the year. And that's totally okay because that's what we're planning for. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. Because, you know, profit, owners pay and tax, those are three servings for the owner. And so, you know, it's all your money. You're just giving it some intention by um, allocating it to those three distinct accounts. But, you know, overall, if you add up the allocation percentages of those three accounts, it's it's all to you as the owner. So that's awesome. And yeah, it, it, I agree. Stay conservative on the tax account for sure. So that's exciting. And do you have any advice, any words of wisdom for listeners out there who maybe are new to Profit First? They're, they're standing on the edge of the cliff and not ready mm-hmm. to make that Profit First leap yet. You know, it's funny that you say that because I, I run into a lot of people that have heard of Profit First, or maybe they saw Mike speak at a, an event or something, and, and they've got a little bit of a twinkle in their eye about it, but they're not quite ready to jump all the way in. Or they've jumped in a little bit, and they had a bad experience because they only went half effort. They only went halfway in, and it didn't work out for them. And uh, my, my advice and suggestion is the same thing that we do when you're talking about marketing, when you're talking about a new marketing plan, hey, we're going to do direct mail or we're going to do Google ads, is you have a plan, you implement the plan, you stick fully with the plan, but you give the plan time to to work. I mean, if you just throw up Google ads today and then tomorrow you're like, well, we didn't get any calls, that was a terrible idea, you'll never get anywhere. But if you come up with a plan, you work it for three months and then evaluate how it works. So my advice for those who are stepping on the edge of the cliff here is, what is the downside of just trying this out? It really going in full on it, give it a full, honest test. And then at the end of the three months, stand back. And I, and I would be surprised if you weren't amazed at how easy it was to implement in the sense that not simple, but... Uh, I mean, not in the sense that you can understand the concepts and it might be difficult to use those small plates and and, and really try to live within your operating exp- uh, fund expense without, you know, going over your percentage allocation. That might be difficult, but you'll look back and you'll go, wow, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was. And the impact was tremendous. Yeah. I mean, that is super great advice. Trust the process. And, you know, just get comfortable with being uncomfortable for a little bit because really that's what it takes to make a transformation. And if you want cash in the bank to correlate to your profitability, I mean, show me a system better than profit first, right? (laughs) I don't think there's one out there. I don't think there is. And I've seen both sides. 
I've seen those who have embraced. I've seen those who haven't in the same industry mm, right. uh, all across the nation. And I've seen it work over and over and over again that to me, I mean, I'm a true convert. And you said that, you know, as part of your coaching practice and, and working with, with law firms and such that you make it required reading, right? And what if, what if someone says, yeah, but no, we're good. So it's required reading in order to work with me. If you're not willing to spend, you know, a fun six hours listening to Mike on Audible and him tell stories, if you're not willing to invest that, then I don't want to work with you anyway. Now, listening to it or reading it is the requirement, not implementing it. And so I will work with people who are like, you know what, Jake, I read it, but it's not for me. And that's okay because it gives us a vocabulary. It gives us a, a platform to to speak from. And I can always go back to it when they say, yeah, I didn't have quite enough money to make payroll this month. And I can wink at them and say, yeah, Profit First could have helped that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm very big on you have the entry level, uh, the entry to get into coaching with me, you have to read the book. But once you've read the book, whether you implement it or not, you know, you can lead a horse, but you can't make it drink. Right. I'm not going to beat you over the head to do it. But I stand back and say, why wouldn't you? <laughs> well, it sounds like they kind of prove it to themselves too when they hit that moment where they they weren't able to make payroll. Um, so, you know, I mean, like we're we're birds of a feather and, and appear to be flocking together. So you have multiple companies. I have multiple companies too. And you have, you know, such a, a tremendous passion for something that is really lacking in um, in our country, in society, in the workplace in our government. Um, and that is, that's leadership. And I love your podcast. I'm so glad that we met through your podcast, kind of like you met Mike through, through Profit First and your podcast. But, you know, tell us a little bit about why you started Modern Leadership and, you know, what has gotten you into being so passionate about helping people become better leaders. Yeah, absolutely. So, I started my podcast back in November of 2014, and we felt like we were, you know, behind the eight ball a little bit. We felt like everybody was into podcasting by the time we started in, in 2014. Of course, fast forward to today, and uh, we were we were probably some of the Pioneers. first people involved. Yeah. Pioneers. But, you know, at the time, what I really saw, and the original podcast, or the, the same podcast, but was originally named Family Before Fortune. The idea that you can build the life of your dreams with the people you love. There's no, there's no necessity to sacrifice your loving relationships, your family, your kids, uh, in order to build the business or the life of your dreams. It's just a matter of priorit prioritization and delegation and really being effective with the time that you have. So we started originally uh, talking to people who had built amazing companies, but had great family relationships, so great stories to tell. Uh, I remember one guest would talk about, you know, the 18 summers you have with your kids and that's it, you know, and then they go off and have 18 summers with their kids and how impactful and important those are. Over time, as we started to grow, uh, we we rebranded the company Modern Leadership. And the reason was, is this idea of modern leadership is different from the historical leadership. And that is where the CEO would go into the corner office and stand above his team and really, you know, tell them what to do and, and send out orders and marching orders and so forth. 
but this idea that leadership today is a collaborative process. It's this idea that those working boots on the ground, those who are on the front lines, know more about what's going on with marketing and and sales than you do in the corner office. And so get out of that corner office. Start talking to your people, your team, really learn from them, find out what's going on boots on the ground. And that's what we see as this new modern leadership that's more authentic, more vulnerable, more coachable, more training and learning than it is commanding. Awesome. So your website for modern leadership is jakeacarlson.com. And uh, I love the uh, the leadership superpower assessment that you have. I think that is super cool. And, and you've got a lot of additional resources. You've got a newsletter and an ebook and, and such. Um, so tell me what your um, leadership superpower is. <laughs> That's a fun question. Uh, the leadership superpower assessment has five leadership superpowers. Now, just because you have one doesn't mean you don't have pieces of the other five, but it's the one that you present forward with. And uh, we have inspiration, we have confidence, we have adaptability, we have uh, problem solving. And as I took it, a lot of the guests that come on my podcast are inspirational. They love to just get people motivated and and so forth. And I thought, maybe I'm an outlier. So we started running some surveys and found out that all five of the leadership superpowers end up being about 20% of the population. So me and my 20% cohort are adaptable leaders, meaning when we lead, we are able to take in new information and adjust and adapt quickly to how we need to respond uh, versus uh, some of the others that are more rah-rah and inspirational or more confident or problem-solving, we're just more adaptable. Okay, that's awesome. Um, it, you, I'm a problem-solver. So um, I was like, when I, t- when I took it and I saw the results, because I didn't know, I don't think going into it, I knew what what What, what the, the five were. Yeah. Because we don't want to bias you. We don't want you to pick for yourself. Oh, I think I'm inspirational. So I'm going to pick all these inspirational uh, answers. Right. Yeah. So, so when, so when it came back problem solver, I was like, nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) And I think you're absolutely a problem solver. I remember uh, your episode on the show and we talked about all these different things and amazing, uh, you know, you're juggling so much within your businesses and that problem solving is so valuable because your team looks to you as that leader who can help them kind of move to the next level quickly without getting bogged down. I love that problem-solving leadership talent. And I, I don't want to, I, I said, oh, we'll just record for 30 minutes or so. Um, but, you know, if we really quickly, um, I, I think that this is valuable too, that people in your organization take this as well so that you can understand, you know, where where their strength lies and, you know, maybe challenge them because there doesn't have to be one leader. There doesn't have to be one manager. You know, as Jake has talked about, modern leadership is is very collaborative and you want to pull out the best of everyone and and everyone in your organization can lead some aspect. And actually, you know, uh, not spoiler alert, but, you know, what we talk about in All In and, and the book that Mike and I are collaborating on is, you know, giving people in your organization ownership over something. And when you give someone ownership over it, not only do they own it, but but they're they're leading it now too. So I would highly recommend going to Jake A. Carlson 
com, And if you click on about, um, you can find the, the leadership superpower survey. Thank you for that, Danielle. And of course, it's, it's all free. But I look at kind of what you're talking about in this uh, collaboration that you're doing with Mike, and you're absolutely right. If there's one leader out in front of your corporation or your uh, small business, you're the roadblock. You're holding everybody back. And you don't want to be pulling your team along. You want them to, to be out running in front of you so that you can kind of get behind them and, and draft on them like the, uh, the, the bike racers do. You know, Get behind those great team that you have and let them pull the whole organization along as opposed to you out there in front trying to drag them all kicking and screaming along with you. Yeah, exactly. And again, you know, I mean, what our country needs right now, I don't mean to be on a soapbox, but we need everyone to step up. We need everyone to, you know, want to assume the burden. It's really not a burden if we do it together and we're collaborative um, about everything and, and, and show some, show some leadership anywhere and everywhere that you can. Um, So again, to uh, connect with with Jake, the website is jakeacarlson.com. And, uh, you know, make sure that you're also checking out. He has fantastic guests on his Modern Leadership podcast, which you can download and um, find on all of the podcast catchers. So if you would like to work with a certified Profit First professional accountant, bookkeeper, or coach, please visit Profit First Nation. Dot com and click on contact. And uh, for today's visual recap of this episode, please go to profitfirstnation.com and click on resources where you can get access and opt in to have our visual recaps emailed or and or texted to you with each new episode every week. Cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friends. Profit First Nation website, related podcasts, and resources are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. 